0: Well, here in Matthew chapter 8, notice it's pretty much all a bunch of different miracles that Jesus did. And one thing that I always like doing whenever I read about the miracles of Jesus is I like to figure out uh, usually there's some kind of uh, significance with that miracle. That miracle that he did then, there's a spiritual application that we can make too. And the one that I want to focus on, this uh, specific miracle, is in verse 23. Uh, it says and when he had entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, inasmuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? So, Pretty impressive miracle right here, where it shows right here Jesus has control of nature itself to be able to, with His words, stop a sea. And I want us to let's look at the other Gospels where it mentions. It's mentioned in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Turn over to Mark chapter four, because I want to I want us to think a little bit here. All right, now let's just pretend let's for a minute that we're not all super spiritual. All right, let's just uh, act like normal people here for a minute. And does anybody, when you're reading the Bible, you see a story like this and you say, you know, they were in a storm. It was a really bad storm. Didn't they have a pretty good excuse for being worried a little bit? Uh, Let's read what it says in Mark chapter 4. It says, "...in the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over into the other side. And when they had sent the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind." and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Okay. Now, if you're on a ship and it's getting filled up with water, that's time to worry, isn't it? Should, shouldn't we be worried about that? And it says, "...and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, careth thou not that we perish?" And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful?" How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? So here we see that there's waves that are covering the ship. And Jesus gets up and He says, Why are ye so fearful? And here's the thing. These guys, they were fishermen. They were used to nature. They were used to storms and things. And you know, storms, they don't just stop just like that. And here they are. The ship's filling up with water. That's the reason to be worried. They got waves that are covering, you know, the ship. You know, you've got disciples probably, you know, hanging over the edge, you know, about to get swept over, and Jesus is saying, "Hey, why are you all so fearful?" It's like, you know, and I'm just I'm picturing one of the disciples that's hanging on the edge of the boat, you know, just saying, "Cuz, I'm about to fall into the water." You know, it's it's really bad out. All right? And, and and don't look at me like that. You know, I wouldn't have been afraid. Yeah, you would. All right? If you, I, I guarantee you, you would have been afraid if you were in a storm and you're getting hit with waves, you're going to be whining yourself too. Let's look at what it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that He went into the ship with His disciples, and He said unto them, Let us go over into the other side of the lake. And they launched forth, but, when they, but as they sailed, He fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to Him and awoke Him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. When then He arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And He said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one another, What manner of man is this? For He commanded even the winds and water, and they obey Him. So it says there their lives were in jeopardy. So here they are. They're clearly... There is a real danger here, okay? A storm is a real danger, especially when you're out on a sea... And on a boat, that is a real danger. And here they are. Jesus just, you know, he's asleep. They go, they wake him up, and he just rebukes the wind and the sea, and it stops. And there is a great calm. And this is something that while and notice here in Matthew chapter eight, Jesus has done a bunch of miracles up to this point. All right? This is, I mean, this is a little ways into Jesus' ministry. He's done quite a few miracles, and all of a sudden he does this one. And, you know, this one spooks the disciples a little bit. They're saying, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the seas obey him? And, you know, and for us, it's pretty easy for us to understand how he did this, because we all have read John 1.1, 1, 1, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We understand a little more about the deity of Christ than I think they did at that point. We understand that all things were made by Him and without Him was not anything made that was made. Because we understand that Jesus Christ, by Him all things consist, that He is a Creator. If, we, if you believe that Jesus spoke the universe into existence, it's not a big stretch for us to believe that Jesus could stop a storm just with His words. I think that's something that we get pretty good. But what I want to focus on is why Jesus got on to His disciples. Because to me, it seems pretty legit that when you're in a storm and it's rocking back and forth and waves are coming, the boats filling up with water, that you're going, you're going to have some concern. And what I want to preach about this morning is how to get through storms. Because you know what? We all go through storms. And I'm not talking about just physical storms with rain, but we, our lives have storms where things come, where things are imp, imp, they're unpredictable. There's chaos that's going on where we don't really know what's going to happen. And we all know we're not supposed to worry. Okay? We all know that we're not supposed to fear, but that's easier said than done, isn't it? But Jesus, He's not rebuking these guys for no reason. Jesus, does, you know, He's not just showing off here, trying to make them feel bad. Jesus, He's disappointed in His disciples because they didn't have any faith. And so there's some lessons I want us to learn so we can know how to get through storms. So when we find ourselves, because here's what I like to picture. Alright? It probably wouldn't happen, but I like to I'd like to think that if I was there, if I could go back in time and I'm on that boat, that I'd just be sitting there in the ship, just, you know, enjoying the ride, you know? Enjoying the waves. Say, hey, it's all good, Jesus is here. You know? Now, well I can talk big like that. You know. I you know, I, I say it all the time. I like to think. That if I would have been there during that time, during the three days that Jesus was in the tomb, that I'd been having a revival meeting outside that tomb. Preaching to everybody, be ready for the big show, because Jesus said three days later he's going to rise from the dead, and so he's going to rise from the dead three days later. Jesus told them that. But nobody was there. I like to think that I would have done that, but at the same time, you know, given my track record, you know, just in life, I probably wouldn't have. But you know what? I don't want to miss my opportunities. I don't want to miss my opportunity to show faith. I like to think that I would have been like Peter and I would have walked on the water and I wouldn't have gotten distracted by the storms and by the waves. I would have kept my focus on Jesus and I would have been, you know, I would have stayed on top of the water the whole time. But chances are, I probably would have stayed in the boat. Chances are, if I did get out, I probably would have sank just like Peter did. But what did the disciples do wrong? Because, I mean, honestly, I don't see anything, you know, in my human... Logic here, there's cause for concern. The boats fill up with water, you're getting hit with waves. That is a time to get concerned. But Jesus gets onto them for their lack of faith. And so I want us to look at a few things. First, turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. First thing we need to realize that we need to learn from this storm or this story so we don't make the same mistake the disciples did is, one, they should not have been surprised by the storm. Okay, it is a common thing for storms to come. You know what I'm getting sick of is every time. You know, one of the biggest problems we have in our country today is 24-hour news and a 24-hour weather channel. Okay, if you every time I go into McDonald's, they've got the weather channel on on the one TV in there. And you know what? It's like we're in the tribulation when you watch the weather channel. I mean, there somewhere in the world. There is going to be a disaster going on. There's going to be an earthquake. There's going to be a tornado, a tsunami, a hurricane. We live on a very big planet and it's not going to be all calm weather everywhere. And so they've got cameras everywhere, you know, and people are able to video things. And so every day we're seeing some kind of chaos. And if you want to think we're in the tribulation, just watch the Weather Channel and you'll be convinced that we're right smack in the middle of the tribulation. But, you know, truth is, there's just storms are a normal part of life. Every summer, you know, when it, it's going to be hot someplace, there's going to be wildfires in California they're, they're every year. And then we've got to listen to all the environmentalists talk about global warming and climate change. Really, what's changed about the climate? Because I think we've always had hot weather. I think there's always been droughts. I think there's always been blizzards and snowstorms. And we really know that in Illinois. And it's like, why would we fall for climate change in Illinois? We know in Illinois, we get it all. We get the hot weather, we get the super cold weather, we get the blizzards, we get the big rains and the the Rock River floods all the time. We experience these things all the time. And you know, it used to just be normal, but now, and I already preached against the news media last week, but now we got a 24 hour weather channel with these people telling us it's time to panic all the time. And that we're destroying the planet. But listen, storms and, you know, catastrophic events have always been around. And you know what? Storms will always be around. We should not be surprised when we go through storms in our life. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's telling, Paul's telling us here, Hey, I've, I've been through a lot of things and the Lord delivered me out of all of them. He said, I didn't go through any of them. I just got delivered out of them. But Paul was in persecutions. And he said, and Hey, you know what? All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know, we're not supposed to be you know, think it's some strange thing when we're going through a problem in life. Jesus said, In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We see throughout the Bible, like it goes Scripture after Scripture, where we are promised that we are going to go through trials and tribulations and hard times. Yet, for some reason, whenever those things come up, we all act like, what's happening? You know, and I do. It, it aggravates me like crazy every winter when it gets really cold. And you've got these people out like, what is going on? It's like, you know, and then you hear the people in the news media talking about climate change. It's like, hey, it's cold winter. We've been going through this every year since the beginning of time. It always gets cold out here in the winter. And we have snowstorms and we get snowed in and there's ice in the road. All these things, they're normal. It's just a part of life. And, you know, if you don't like it, you just you need to move. If you can't handle winter, don't live in Illinois. All right. Go move down south somewhere. But you know what? Down south, they're going to have heat. It's going to be hot in the summertime. And, you know, and there's going to be places where they have the wildfires and tornadoes and earthquakes. There's no place in the world that there is not some type of you know, weather thing that you're going to have to deal with. It's just a part of life. And it's amazing how many Christians, even saved people, whenever those trials come their lives, whenever the storms come their way, what do they do? They're panicking. They're like the disciples, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Hey, we're in trouble. I'm going through something. And you know what God expects us whenever we're going through hard times? He expects us to have faith. He expects us to keep our cool. We should not be surprised by these things. And we need to understand that it is these things are going to happen. We were never promised smooth sailing twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Look what it says in John chapter 16 and verse 1. Jesus, He's just told His disciples in the previous chapter about a bunch of bad things that are going to happen. And He tells them in verse 1, He says, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that ye doeth God's service. And these things they will do unto you, because they have not known the Father nor Me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. Jesus said, hey, when I leave, bad things are going to come your way. People are going to try to kill you. People that try to kill you are going to do it thinking they're doing God a service. And He said, now here's why I'm telling you this. So when it happens, you will not be offended. In other words, you know, whatever God says is going to happen is going to happen. But yet, Jesus told us time and time again that in the world we are going to have tribulation. He never promised us a life of on easy street, a life of just peace and tranquility. He never promised it. In fact, He pra- promised us the opposite. And yet, whenever these things happen, Christians often get offended. They think, man, here I am in a storm. What's going on? I mean, I went to, you know... It's like they listen to these prosperity preachers that act like if you're in the will of God, nothing bad's ever going to happen to you. You know what? I'm sorry. But save people, people that are right with God, they get sick just like people who aren't right with God. Save people get cancer. Save people get diseases. Save people die. Okay? Save people get in car wrecks. People's car breakdowns. I don't understand why my car broke down. I gave my tithe last week. Really? Who, who told you when you give your tithe, nothing bad happens to your car? That was Robert Tilton that told you that. It wasn't me. I I don't preach that junk. You're not hearing that here. That's prosperity preachers that preach that garbage that are teaching people that if you're right with God, everything's smooth sailing. Now let me ask you, were those disciples not right with God at that time? They were with Jesus on the boat. Yet they're going through a storm. And we need to understand that that's just part of life. We are going to have storms. Christianity... Is is full of that. And many people, they are trying to follow Jesus thinking all their problems are going to go away. I've seen it where people they'll start coming to church. You talk to them, hey, you know, what got you in church? You know, and wow, you know, my life's been a mess, and I'm just I'm trying to get my life on track. And they think because they come to church, or they think even because they got saved, you know, they'll they'll get saved thinking this is gonna make all my problems go away. Hey, where'd you get that idea? We didn't tell you that. That's not, that. That wasn't anything that I preached. Hey, I tell people after you get saved, hey, hang on. The devil's going to come after you now. Yeah. He's going to attack you because he doesn't want you being a witness. He doesn't want you spreading your faith to somebody else. I don't promise people a life on easy street, but somehow they get that in their heads. It's because they're listening to these prosperity preachers. It's like a lot of these environmentalists, like they're listening to Al Gore, and it's like if we stop burning fossil fuels, we're not going to have storms anymore. We're not going to have winter anymore. We're not going to have dry, you know, dry weather and, uh, you know, volcanoes erupting and flash floods or, you know. That is, these things have been happening since the beginning of time. And we just need to understand it's a part of life, and you know what we've got to do? We've got to deal with it. He, Paul said those persecutions, those afflictions, he said, I endured. You know what that means? It means I put up with it. Now, God delivered him out of it, but he had to go through it for a while first. And when we go through storms, you know what? We're just supposed to endure it. And so you know what we're supposed to do? I know this is easier said than done, but if we could go back in time, all right, this is what I would try to do. It might not work, but if I, if I could go back in time and I was going to go on that ship. And I'm like, man, I know this story. They're going to go through a storm. Alright, now, I'm going to want to make sure I don't do it like disciples. So, what I would do, I would go back and I would sit by Jesus just as close as I could. I'd, you know, try to hang on tight because there's going to be waves that are going to come. And I'm going to try to sit there and smile, you know, and so, to impress Jesus. During that time and and make all the other disciples look bad. (laughs) But, you know, I'm probably going to get pretty nervous, too. But, you know, I'm going to endure it. That's part of what, And I'm going to wait to see what happens later. I'm going to make sure I don't get washed off the boat because I want to see Jesus stop it with his word. That's what I'm going to try to do. All right. Now, will I succeed? I don't know. Here's where I think I'm going to find out. I personally believe we're going to go through the tribulation. And when the tribulation comes, I'm going to try to hang on through all that so I can see Jesus return in the clouds. Because I believe that's going to happen. All right, now, am I going to enjoy the whole thing? Probably not. But I'm going to try to see if I can't not complain like the disciples and throw a big fit and and be panicking through the whole thing. Jesus said it's going to happen. He told me it's going to happen so I I wouldn't be offended. And we've just got to learn to just try to buckle in and just hang on and see if we can't enjoy the ride a little bit. That's what I want to do. says. So easier said than done, but I think, if, I think if we have faith, we can do that. And so we don't, we don't get saved to make our troubles go away. We get saved to get our sins washed away. Okay? We, get our, we get saved so we don't have to go to hell. Not so our bank account will be full. Not so we'll never get sick. Not so we'll never have any problems that we'll have to endure. That is not why we get saved. We get saved to get our sins washed away. That's what salvation is all about. And it's the false doctrine of these prosperity preachers that make people think something is wrong when they're going through hard times and Baptist preachers they, they, they don't help the cause you ever cross a Baptist preacher okay and you leave the church you better hope you' never get cancer even if it's 20 years later because that pastor he's going to be preaching that person they you know left this church got out of the will of God and the Lord smote him with cancer you Lying, false prophet. I hate when preachers... That is so wicked when preachers do that. But then, you know, brother so-and-so who gives all his money in the church faithful, he gets cancer. Let's all pray for him while the devil's fighting him. You know, that's how they are. It's it's that bad. And we just need to understand, hey, life has storms. Somebody is going to get sick this year somebody's car is going to break down. Somebody's going to lose their job. Somebody's going to get an extra bill in the mail that they weren't expecting. And they're thinking, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? That's just part of life. And just a side note, I have no idea what it's for. We just got a check. The church got a check in the mail from the city of Rock Falls, a refund check for like $135. I have no idea what it's for. It didn't say on there. But we're going to cash it anyway. And so we we must really be doing something for God. Got an extra $135 in, in the mail. Unexpected blessing. Must have been because of those extra doors I knocked this Monday. You know, no, that's that's garbage right there. You know, that but that's how some preachers. that's how some preachers are. And that that is what we don't teach that stuff here. But we need to understand we should never be surprised by storms. When they come, you know what we need to do? We need to ride them out. We need to go through them. It started raining this morning, and Lana came and told me it was raining. I was like, well, go make it stop. And she just she's like I can't make it stop, you know. And but you know, that's how we act sometimes. You know, it's like we think, you know, hey, we just got to endure it. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's just endure it, and let's be faithful through the storm. That's the way it's supposed to work. So look at Hebrews chapter 13. So they should they shouldn't have been surprised by the storm. They should have just realized, hey, this is. This is part of life. We've been on the sea before this has happened, but hey, at least we got Jesus in the boat with us this time. And then just maybe went and said, hey, uh, something you can do about this? And I'll, I'll say more about that later. But the other thing they should have done, they, they should have been focused on who they were with. That should have been the focal point, who they were with. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things that ye have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know what should happen when a person gets saved and they go through a storm? It should be different because, hey, this time, Jesus is with me. This time, I've got Jesus next to me. I've got Him inside of me when I'm going through that storm and He's going to help me. Those disciples have probably been through storms before. What they should have done is they should have got excited about the fact, hey, this is the first storm we've ever gone through where we've got Jesus in the boat with us. That should have been their focus. They should have been focused on who they were with. Turn over to John chapter 10, and verse 27. Jesus said here, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. My Father which gave them Me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of My Father's hand. I and My Father... R1, we see that when it comes to our salvation, this is the reason we have eternal security is because of the fact that we, our salvation is not us hanging on to God and hanging on to our religion or hanging on to our faith. It's Him hanging on to us. And we understand that because of that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We understand that there is absolutely no way in the world that we could ever go to hell why? Because of the fact that we are in the hand of Jesus Christ. So when it comes to our salvation, okay, our faith is in Jesus Christ. We keep our focus on Him and not on our own works. Because if we're focused on our own works, we're going to get really scared. We're going to be like all the people that we talk to when we're out knocking doors. When we ask if He died today, if you know for sure you're going to go to heaven. And they're like, well, I hope so. You know, oh, I, I really don't know. You know, I, I'm trying, but they're clearly concerned about it because of the fact that they, they don't have Jesus with them. These people are not saved. They don't have that eternal security. Those who are saved, they understand that it's all about the work of Jesus Christ and not their own works. And so, we're not, we don't fear hell today because of the fact our, we have faith in Jesus Christ. We understand who we are with. We understand that He is with us, that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And when it comes to the storms that are in life, we need to understand He's not going to leave us in those things either. He's not going to leave us behind. He's going to be there with us. He wants to help us get through it. It's clear though, in this story, with the, when it comes to the disciples, they did not fully understand who they were with. Because what was that question that they kept at? They were asking in all the Gospels that mentioned, what manner of man is this? That the wind and sea obey Him. They didn't fully understand who they were with. You see, after we get saved, it's important that we learn more about God if we want to get through storms. See, if we would learn more about God, we would have greater faith, wouldn't we? We would understand who we are with. We would understand how powerful it is. That's why we need to study the Bible. That's why we need to learn more about Jesus Christ. That's why we need to read the stories about the miracles that He did. That's why we need to read about creation And when we see these things and we see the power of God, the more we learn about Him, the more faith we're going to have. And you know what? It's our responsibility to learn about God. You know why a lot of people never grow in Christ and why they end up you know, getting defeated in the storms? It's because they don't know anything about Jesus Christ. Their faith is not in Him. Their faith is in their self. And they've not taken the time to learn. They're not getting in church. They're not here and preaching from the Word of God. They're not reading the Bible themselves. And that's the way we learn about God. We learn about God through His Word. If you're not reading your Bible, you're going to have a tough time getting through the storms of life because you're not going to have a lot of faith. If if you don't go to church, if you're not hearing the preaching from the Word of God, you're going to have a tough time in the storms of life because you're not going to have enough faith. But then also, not just reading the Word, hearing the preaching of the Word, but also just through walking with Him. Okay? We need to actually have a walk with Christ. We need to have some experiences with Christ. When, he, when we go through some of those little storms, it gives us faith to get through some of those bigger storms. And if, when you get through the big storms, the little storms don't seem like a big deal anymore, do they? You know, our experience that we have of growing in Christ and getting to know Christ is going to help us when those difficult times come. And there are many people today, there's a lot of saved people that you see them go through really difficult things in their life, and you're like, man, how do you get through it? It's because these people are very experienced in these storms. They've walked with Christ. They've been through more than one battle. They know what it's like, and they know how to get through these things because they've they've had experience. And these experiences, they help us realize what Jesus is capable of. Turn over to John chapter 2. I like this right here in John chapter 2. This is Jesus' first recorded miracle that the Bible talks about. And it says, And on the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and His disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto Him, They have no wine. Why is Jesus responsible for furnishing this marriage that He's invited to with wine. What's Mary doing right here? You know what? Mary, she watched Jesus grow up. She had been with Him for 30 years. She knew Him very well. And this is why I say this is Jesus' first recorded miracle. Because here they are at this marriage, and there's no wine, and she immediately turns to Jesus and says, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Her, her, his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And, then, and so Jesus ends up telling them, Bring all these water pots full with water, and you don't know what He did to turn the water into wine. But notice, notice what Mary says here. Mary immediately sees the need, and she immediately knows Jesus can handle this. Jesus can take care of this. But notice also, she didn't know how He was going to take care of it. What did you, but what did she tell those servants? She said, what, whatever He tells you to do, do it. Think, think about that for a minute. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. Mary, she had enough experience to know that Jesus can take care of any situation. And she also had enough experience to know the way you get Him to take care of anything or the way, he, the way all you need to do is to be obedient to Him. To just do whatever He says to do. Hey, let the Catholics put that in their pipe and smoke them. The ones that are saying that Mary is the one kind of pushing Jesus to forgive, like Mary is the one influencing Jesus. No, Mary, she was even subject to Jesus. Hey, she said, whatever He says to you, do it. Hey, Mary didn't take care of it. She knew that her son could take care of it because she understood who He was. And Mary told them, whatever He says to you, just do it. And she understood that because Mary had experience with Jesus Christ. She knew what He was capable of doing. Mary didn't know how we would solve the problem, but she knew the solution to Him solving the problem was just their obedience. That was all they needed to do. And so, I, that's whatever where we find ourselves in those storms, you know what we've got to do? We've just got to keep on being obedient. Keep on obeying God. Do what we're supposed to do. Follow all the procedures for the storms of life. Just keep on being faithful to the Word of God. That's all we need to do. And you know what? We don't even need to pay attention to the storm. Part of the problem is we get so focused on the storm. You know how many preachers I've seen in the past? I knew this one pastor. He went through a church split. And you know what? Every pastor goes through a church split at some point. But this guy, I heard every time I heard him preach, all he wanted to do was talk about that church split he went through. Hey, how about you get over the storm you're going through and just move on to the next thing? I know some preachers, and I, told, and I, I hope I never do this. I, I try to be careful saying, I'll never do this. You know, I'm afraid I'll get tested. But one thing that drives me nuts, and I hope, I'll keep to this, one of the main reasons I don't want to get tested, I don't ever want to have the tragedy, but I've seen preachers, they go through some tragedy, and then that's like an automatic speaking tour that they get to go on. They get invited to all these meetings because everybody wants to hear their dramatic story. You know what? I don't want to go around the country telling my dramatic story. I want to preach the Bible. That's what I want to do. And I told my wife, I was like, man, if I ever have some kind of tragedy happen and people start inviting me to preach because they want to hear my tragic story, I'm not telling them the tragic story. I'm preaching something else. I don't care if I completely disappoint them. I, I, I hate that. And I, some of these guys, I've heard their dramatic story 20 times and it gets better every time I hear it. You know, and it's just like, you know what? Just preach the Bible. Who cares what you went through? You know what Jesus went through? Why don't you talk about that? That's what we're supposed to be preaching. And I don't mind, listen, sometimes it's okay to give your testimony and stuff like that and make life applications. I'm not saying you can't ever do that, but when you go on a whole speaking tour and that's all you preach for the next five years, there's something wrong with that. And I, I don't like that one bit. You know what? How about we just don't even pay attention to the storm? How about we just stay focused on the Word of God and being obedient and let Jesus worry about the storm? See, He's the one to control. I can't control storms. A lot of times when the storms comes we're like, what did we do wrong? It's because you're watching the weather channel, because you're watching the news media and you're listening to Al Gore every time a storm or something comes, every time there's a natural disaster, what did we do wrong? You used too much gas. You know you left your air conditioning running when you're not even at the house. you did it you, know, you use plastic straws and because of that you know 50 people got killed in a tornado. And you know storms just come, whether we do anything about it or not. And when the, when the you know, figurative storms come in your life, sometimes it has come. You didn't do anything to cause it and you can't do anything to get rid of it. So you know what you can do is right now you can be obedient during it. So what the disciples should have done, you know, they should have been surprised by the storm. They should have been focused on who they were with. They also should have just, they should have woke him up to make sure he was okay with the storm. Okay, Wait, when, a, when a battle comes your way, Sometimes, we, or whenever difficulties, we want to make sure we're not, just get, we're, we're not getting chastened by God. Sometimes God does chasten us. Sometimes God does need to shake us up a little bit. You know, and it is, it's important that we make sure we're in the will of God. I, I'd like to think what I would have done if I'd have been there. I probably wouldn't have. But i like to think that what I would have done is when that storm got going, I'd have kept looking at Jesus thinking, Alright, we've got to be in His will. He's taking an nap, so everything must be okay. Even though he's taking an nap, he knows what's going on. But, you know, I like to think if, if I'd have got really nervous, what I'd have just done is just woke him up and said, Lord, you see this storm, are we all good? You know, I like to think I'd have at least done that. You know, to just... I, and I think that's okay. You know, so I, I, I wouldn't even have woke him up. Well, you know, one thing we see in the Bible, and I'm not going to take time to read the story, in Luke 18, we have that parable of the woman that kept coming to the king and just kept bugging Him and bugging Him and bugging Him and finally He gave her what she wanted. Jesus wants us to do that with Him. He wants us constantly coming to Him. The Bible says, "...in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths." Whenever you are going through a storm, you know what? Go ahead and do some praying. Go ahead and do some talking to God. Go ahead and say, "...search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, I know my way. See if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting." We need to make sure that we are right with God. It's okay for us to just you know, wake Him up and get His attention... And make sure every, things are all good. And I, you know, and if I like to think, so I'm not, I'm not trying to talk big. I'm just trying to tell you what I think we should do. I like to think that after I woke him up, and just said, "Hey, Lord, you see the storm, right? Are we good?" And if he just said, "Yes, you're going to be okay," I'd have just went and toughed out the storm. I'd have went, and I'd have grabbed the rope and just hung on to it and let it blow me around, and and, and pretended I was at uh, you know, at a water park in a wave pool or something like that, you know. It's, and uh, just I had fun with it. I'm going to survive. Jesus said I'm okay. You know, I, I probably wouldn't have done that, but I like to think that's what I would have done. And we need to say, you know, the calling on Christ in this story, okay, you know, because they, they did, they called the Lord, kind of. You know, Master cares not that we perish. But their calling on the Lord, they did there, this was not a calling of faith, but it was more of a complaining with doubt. Hey, we're about to die. We're in trouble. It's kind of like the children of Israel. Often when they would start getting hungry and thirsty, they weren't really calling on the Lord. They were complaining to the Lord. They were murmuring. They were doubting. They were despairing. They didn't think God was going to do anything for them. And that's kind of what the disciples were doing here. It's okay for us to call on the Lord. Even if you are in that storm and you just want, you know, you, maybe you're not going to gently weigh them up, wake them up, but you want to just scream for help. That's okay As long as you do that in faith, knowing He can take care of this, and sometimes we do. We we're going to cry out. We might need to cry out to God and make some noise. God wants us to do that. That's good. And we, but we do. We often, we often get angry during the storms. We get angry about the the loss. We get angry about the difficulty. You know, we get fearful. That's very common. And we often just get tired in storms. Okay, because. I don't care how much faith you have. If you're in a boat that's rocking, if you're getting hit by waves, if the wind's blowing, okay, you're going to have to hang on to something and you're going to get tired. All right? And if you're going through storm after storm after storm in your life. I've never been in a monsoon or a hurricane or anything like that. I remember listening to a missionary one time talking about he was in one of these monsoons or something that lasted for weeks. And I remember thinking, man, that would be horrible. We see the story in the Bible where Paul was in, he was in that great storm that lasted for several days. I've never been to anything like that. But, you know, we go, do go through storms. We go through difficult times in life that are very difficult. And does anybody ever just get tired of being tired? And just, you get tired of fighting. You get tired of being weary. And tired of being tired? Well, what do we do when that happens? Well, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. See, our prayers, what it often turns into is, Lord, you need to stop this storm so I won't have to fight anymore, so I won't be tired. But you know what? Sometimes we just need to pray for strength. This was our our um, monthly verse we did. It says, He giveth power unto the faint, and to them that have no might, He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as the eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. You know what that means? It means when we're going through that battle, when we're going through that storm, when we're tired, and we're think, and in our minds, we're thinking the only way I can survive is for the storm to end. No, actually, God can actually give you more strength to continue enduring the storm. The storm might be longer than you can handle, but if you'll wait on the Lord, it doesn't say He'll take the storm, he'll, he'll take it away, but He'll give you the strength to hang on. And we need to understand that God needs us to hang on right now. Things in our country are not getting better. Our country is getting more and more wicked. It's not time for us to lay down and defeat. It's not time for us to give up. You know what? It's time for us to endure. It's time for us to just keep on fighting. And even though we're weary, even though we're tired, I believe what God wants to do is not just end the battle for us. You know what God wants to do? God wants to just give us strength. He wants to give us that extra strength that we need. And so all we need to do when when you're fighting, when you're tired, when you're weary from these storms, all you need to do is make sure you're in the will of God. All you need to do is go and get somewhere in the boat as close to Jesus as possible, knowing that hey, as long as you're next to Him, as long as you're with Him, you're in the will of God. The disciples were in the will of God during that storm. And you know when the storm ended? The storm ended when Jesus wanted it to end. It clearly... When that storm ended, it was not normal. We've all seen storms come and go. We know how it works. Okay? But the way this one ended, it was unnatural. It was very clear to them that a miracle had been done. Jesus rebuked it, and it was over. And that's how it's going to be in our life when we go through those storms. It might eventually have that abrupt end. I don't know, but the Lord might just need us to keep on fighting through that storm. He might want us to be reaching somebody else that's in that storm. And we just need to ask for more strength. And He giveth power to the faint. So it's going to be when we're pretty tired. When you think you're about to faint, that's who's going to come through. In the but the thing is, well, it's too late. I'm going to faint. The Bible says we'll reap if we faint not. We faint in our minds before we faint in our bodies. Just don't faint. all right? Just, just don't do it. I try to tell that to my family all the time. You know, don't get sick. You know, don't do that, you know, and they do it anyway, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to do that with ourselves. We've got to just, we've got to stay strong. So these disciples, they had little faith partly because they didn't have any knowledge of who they were with, or full knowledge of who they were with. We have no excuse for that today. We know more about Jesus. More has been revealed about Jesus to us today than was revealed at that time to the disciples. We have no excuse for a lack of faith today. These stories were put in the Bible for our admonition. They were there for us. God didn't put all these things in the Bible just so He would have to come down to earth and do them again to prove He has power. And that's that's what a lot of people want. No, God did all those things back then. God did the miracle of inspiring men to write these things down accurately, God did another miracle of preserving His Word throughout all generations so we would be able to read these stories and be able to see, you know what? Jesus can control storms. And we would apply these things in our life so when we're going through storms, we won't be like the disciples and not have any faith. There is no excuse. We should not need to see Jesus physically stop a storm For us to have faith and believe that He can stop storms. We already have the story in the Bible. That's good enough. In fact, according to Peter, that's better than what they have. The Word of God is more reliable than your eyewitness experience. And proof of that is, how many of you have ever witnessed something with another family member, and later you're telling the story and the stories aren't lining up? Eyewitness accounts are not always reliable. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we remember wrong. The Word of God is always 100% right. That's better than an eyewitness account. We have no excuse. These stories were put in the Bible for us. And so, you know, God should not have to come and perform these miracles again. And you know what? He's not going to. He's not going to come down and do these. put on a display for you guys. Do a sign for you all. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. We've got the Word of God. We need to believe these things. If we will, I believe God will help us get through those storms and we'll be just fine. So, And be ready for that because storms are going to come. If you're not going through a storm now, there's one coming. I don't care how much Al Gore-type preaching you listen to, storms are going to come. You can get rid of every sin in your life. You can get rid of all your spiritual fossil fuels. You can throw out all your plastic straws, spiritually speaking, and storms will still come. So with that, let's pray dear your Lord. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, I thank you for the examples you've given us in the Bible that we can learn from. And I pray you'll help uh, folks here in this church to take these things to heart. If they're going through a storm, I pray this will be a help to them to hang on. I pray you'll give them strength. And if, they, if they're they not in a storm, I pray you'll use this to prepare them. That way, when the storm do- does come their way, they'll be ready and they won't be offended. We thank you for uh, your help. In your name we pray. Amen. Well,